All right, welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We are shooting episode 11 today, and you are here with father and son uh, duo co-hosts Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you doing today? All right, how are you doing, Andrew? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good today. It's a good Saturday. We're here, and we're ready to record a podcast episode that we've got a lot to talk about. Finally, a lot of things have been going around the league, um, and some things have been happening more so recently. Um, as well as in the past week. So, Dad, I'd like to go ahead and start to talk about some of the things, the, the more recent news and stuff. So uh, the show's going to be packed with a bunch of things. Um, Corey Crawford taking the indefinite leave from uh, New Jersey, but he actually just now retired, so we'll talk about that. Um, something that I actually saw right before, uh, Dad, we were going to record this sh- uh, episode moments before. Um, Evander Kane and the San Jose Sharks are being sued. Um, we'll get into details of that. Um, you've also got the Dallas Stars canceling um, their, the rest of their camp and that uh, they had s- uh, several players and staff members test positive for COVID-19. Um, we've also got a whole bunch of stuff, honestly. So let's just get right into it, Dad. Uh, so Cor- Corey Crawford, uh, he just took that indefinite leave from the New Jersey Devils. Um, he was having personal family issues is what some speculation was. And he was having uh, quote unquote lack of motivation. Um, and some people didn't like that speculation, especially, you know, being a two time Stanley cup champion. And of course, New Jersey devil players came out and spoke and, and said that they'd like him to take his time to take a step away and, and see where his mind's at. Well, right before we recorded this episode today, he has announced his retirement. What do you think about that, Dad? He just signed a brand new contract this offseason with the New Jersey Devils, and then suddenly uh, his head wasn't in it. But he does have, uh, in something to note, a long concussion history, if uh, our listeners are not familiar with Corey Crawford. Well, it could be that, you know, the pressures got to him. Uh, it could be family issues that are, that are personal that's going to keep him away from, you know, being the number one guy there. It could be... Um, you know, like the lack of motivation that he's met with the coach and the staff and he's not has a very good attitude. I mean, it could be a number of things. So um, we wish him well. He was a, you know, is a great goalie, uh, but somehow, some way things weren't working out for him the way that he wanted to for some reason. And he was, you know, struggling. I, you know, I remember him in the news quite a bit over the last few years, him not being happy with Chicago. And so, I mean, who knows what's, what's going on inside of his head and, and goalies are strange. We know that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it is a shame, but when you know, with the long concussion history and, you know, personally, I've never had experiences with concussions. I can only imagine um, with a long history of that, that could probably definitely be an effect. Um, of course, we can't speculate if it's simply because of being the New Jersey Devils. Of course, a lot of fans wanted to speculate that, but I think that it's more of um, playing hockey in general. Because like you said, he was uh, been in the reports the past couple of years for being unhappy, unmotivated. And, you know, it's time for him to retire. Time him to retire and enjoy life and all the props to him he's had two stanley cups and he also averaged 26 wins a season that's pretty damn good so yeah i mean i'm sure that great goaltender go ahead dad great goaltender and uh you know now his career is over with and um you know new jersey i i think new jersey might have had an inkling when they had talked to him and signed him 
that something like this might happen. You, you just don't know. But I, I don't think that it was, it might not be uh, new news for the officials in New Jersey is what I'm saying. Yeah. And you hope too that I'm sure that the Blackhawks will probably retire his number. And, um, you know, he did great things for that franchise. And I think fans should um, really be supportive in this decision, um, especially, you know, with just a way to grasp because has kind of gotten, um, you know, the wraparound from Bruins fans about leaving the bubble, you know, so it's one of those things with players having this lack of motivation and knowing the right time to step away and being okay with that. So we wish him all the best and, and a happy retirement. Um, so dad, if, unless you have anything else to say, we can move on to the next thing. Um, all right, is, let's move on. Which is the Evander Kane um, and San Jose Sharks are being sued by um, Sentinel Bank and they Kane is being sued or he owes more than $8.3 million in interest according to Shang Peng is who reported it. And I looked it up right before the show and it was filed on January 7th at 5.09 PM. Um, the bank is represented or yeah, the bank will be represented by a guy or an attorney named John Albert Anthony of Anthony and partners. Um, and I looked him up and he's been a registered attorney since 1988 and was considered uh, one of the best in Tampa, Florida um, for a long time, or maybe still considered. I didn't go into too much research into detail on him, but seems like he's a very, very, uh, reputable uh, attorney, and he's probably going to help this bank win this. So $8.3 million in interest. So, Dad, my so question is, why is the San Jose Sharks being sued? I, I don't know. I know nothing about this article. I'll have to read it, and that's my question. If you owe $8 million in interest, I mean, you got to be borrowing a boatload of money. So did the article say specifically – uh, what the details are like we need to know content and of course if it just was filed we may not know well and that's the thing that there is no content in fact there is okay this, this was just reported on twitter and i just took it upon myself to to verify this but it, it is um verified i mean you can look this up on google um in fact uh the case number is 281332 diversity breach of contract so I mean, this is a real thing. He's being sued, but we have no idea information. Um, so while this well, is new, I just thought that, wow, $8.3 million in just interest. So um, Kane yeah, is known, Dad, if, if you remember, even back in Winnipeg, he's been known to be trouble with money and owing, um, you know, banks, casinos, right? Didn't he, what was it, last summer, two summers ago, he owed money to a casino for borrowing, for, for betting or something. So, um He's in trouble. That's that's a lot of money, and he's made fifty-two million so far in career earnings. So, um, you know, I, that's that's still a lot of money to have to pay back. That's a lot. Yeah, and I don't know what the organization would be involved in. So, I think we're going to have to wait and see uh, what the news breaks on this one. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what this is all about. So. Uh, yeah, I think we can move on from there, Andrew, because we don't really have any context to discuss, so it's just speculation. Yeah, absolutely, and all the information I gave was all the information that you can find, a simple Google search on that, and that's the official um, case file and number and when it was filed, um, but it was just a few days ago, so it wasn't like uh, there's a ton of information out yet, but something to keep your eye on for sure. 
Um, so, Dad, yep. another thing that we want to talk about that's big news that is already looking like it's going to affect this regular season. Actually, it's already affected the regular season for this team. Um, but the Dallas Stars, six players and two staff members testing positive for COVID-19. So, Dad, with this information, I'll just quickly go over this and get your thoughts on this. Um, so they'll be forced to postpone at least the first three games of their season, and they won't start until January 19th. Um, the NHL purposely implemented an additional off week in the regular season schedule in case of having to reschedule games. That's why the Stanley Cup final will be played between sometime July 9th and the 15th, and that they may also delay the playoffs by a week as well if they have to make up any games. So that's kind of where we're at um, with the, uh, the Dallas Stars and, and where they're at with, you know, being postponed. And then now with the NHL, um, didn't really realize before or really was um, really on the knowledge that they had put in the extra off week and then also an additional one in the playoffs. Um, so what do you think, Dad? Do you think that this is going to be a common occurrence just like it was um, with the MLB and uh, yeah, I think it'll be a common occurrence. I think it's in, uh, in inevitable. Um, and I know that, at least from what I heard on the medical side, that sports teams are not uh, in the first or second round to get vaccines is what I thought I heard, meaning that, you know, they can't just buy the vaccine right now. It has to go to, you know, first responders. Uh, so until they have their two rounds of vaccines, um, you know, you're going to have games that are postponed, players that are going to have to quarantine. And, uh, you know, I think it's smart that the league's going to put a week in and I think the middle of the season, and like you said, before the playoffs. And that way you can make up any game. So, um, you know, it is what it is. On the ECHL side, I will say, I will say that, I spoke to a representative from the Oilers yesterday and they don't have any games scheduled past uh, the end of this month yet. And they're going to, but they're trying to figure out, you know, teams that are in teams that are opting out and coming up with their own schedule and how they're going to make up games as well. So it's a fluid situation. I know the NHL has to, um, you know, schedule this better than the ECHL because, you know, there's billions of dollars in TV broadcasting and scheduling that needs to take place with their contracts with different networks. So, um, you know, everybody's going to have to be flexible on this, but at least we are going to have hockey. So that's all we can hope for. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, hopefully there won't, we won't have as many problems as the MLB did and then some of the other uh, leagues, but, um, you know, I'm glad that the NHL, of course, implemented those off weeks uh, to make some cushion and, and some room in the schedule because you'd like to see the 2021 and 22 uh, season come back at, at the normal schedule when hockey always happens during the year. Um, and that's their main goal is, is to get everything back on track. So here's to hoping that that will happen. So just moving and fans on. Fans might get it. Fans might get a little upset because if your team had to schedule, say, four games and say the other teams or your rival team, they've played all their games. They actually get a week off while the, you know, your team has to slug it out for a week to do makeup games. So there are some problems in this. But again, you can't have a perfect world here and it's just going to have to be what it is. 
True. And, and two, you know, being the devil's advocate, you know, the, the teams that are under quarantine and resting, it's not like they're resting and able to go and practice and keep their legs fresh. You know, they're completely under quarantine. So when they go back out, I mean, they're just able to do the home workouts and things that they could do or, you know, what, whatever their restrictions are. So it'll be very interesting to see who really has the advantage here, which I don't really know if anybody's going to have much of the advantage. But okay. moving on just from that. Um, so the, the other recent news that happened yesterday that <clears throat> maybe not come as much of a surprise, um, but it is just kind of a little upsetting for the player himself. But unfortunately, the Anaheim Ducks have placed David Backus on waivers. Um, so what, what I understand is that they'll still need to pay his salary of $4.5 million, um, but he'll also most likely be part of Anaheim's taxi squad. Um, which is kind of surprising because Anaheim made this this big deal of uh, that they were going to utilize him. And, and I read a lot of what Anaheim Ducks fans had said about Bacchus and although that they had their reservations about maybe his skating ability and everything, that he still served a purpose. dollars it's still a, a bit sad for for him so andrew you did just break up on me and since we are recording this via zoom can you just talk again real fast about the you said the anaheim ducks uh fans yeah the anaheim ducks fans still saw um you know him at you know useful for the team and on that fourth line it's just a bit surprising for him to be placed on waivers and, and to most likely be used on the taxi squad um, so it's just, it's just a bit strange, but you feel for the guy, you know, he's had a great career though. He's, he was a captain of the blues for many, many seasons and, um, has made quite the career earnings, but you still feel for the guy, you know, that these hockey players, especially the ones that have had careers like David Backus, they have a lot of pride. Um, well, that's, you know, I mean, you, yeah, you could feel bad for Backus, but clearly the writing is on the wall when you have two teams that have basically given up on you. Um, you can't feel too bad for him because he did make that last deal where he's making millions of dollars and that's got to be paid to him. Like you said, so yes, you feel bad for him as a player, but he actually, his agent made a great deal here. Um, but yeah, playing wise and being in the locker room and getting ice time, you got to feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, his career earnings, like you said, everything as well. So you can't feel bad for him too much, but you know, still just for the pride of a player, that, that definitely must sting. But he's had a great career, so maybe that this is the writing on the wall to hang them up finally. Um, you know, and maybe he'll serve, you know, as a purpose on the taxi squad. Maybe he, he's going to get paid the money anyway, so you might as well ride it out. You might as well um, help out with their prospects and the young guys, be a leader towards them with a good attitude. And, uh, you know, just – be a good member in that way. Be a part of the the organization that gave you a chance when, you know, he thought that after Boston he was going to go nowhere as a player. So right. it would be interesting to see what happens. But uh, do you have any other thoughts on on David Backus being placed on waivers? No, I mean just you know he's a classy guy. I remember his uh, benching with Cassidy um, not too long ago. I at least in the press he took it very well, and he was the uh, professional uh, athlete and you know is a classy guy so uh you know i wish him the best of luck hopefully he continues to 
make an impact in the league, but if it's time for him to hang it up, I mean, he'll, he'll know that. Yeah, absolutely. So just moving on from the David Backus uh, news. Um, so the left-handed defensive men market uh, for the free agency is, is definitely being swallowed up completely as Sammy Votten and now um, the last kind of suggestion for the Bruins to pick up is now signed with New Jersey Devils. He's returned. Um, he signed a $2 million, uh, two-year contract, I believe. And um, so Ben Hutton is the only other left-handed defenseman um, that is still in the free agency that, you know, the Bruins are even interested in that they could even benefit from. Um, but the Bruins are for sure interested if, if fans don't know that yet. Um, and he had a 4-12-16 stat line last season with a plus five rating in 65 games, which remember that's with a bad LA team. Um, but unfortunately, since entering the NHL, he's had three campaigns where he's finished with more than a, a dash 20 rating. Um, he is a 6'2-206-pound um, 27-year-old. Uh, so, um, you know, he's got the size there. He's a tough kid and everything, a decent defenseman. But um, I don't know if he's had good enough looks being on the, the teams that he's been on. Um, but I don't think Hutton is the answer to our problems, especially with the left-hand defenseman side. No, no, it's not. And, um, you know, um, I'm going to still state my statement I've been making throughout all this where I'm going to give um, Sweeney the benefit of the doubt until the season starts. Once the season starts, then I think we can pile on the general manager of did he weaken the team this past uh, offseason or did it strengthen? I don't think that it's strengthened. But again, I'm going to reserve comment. I, I also... Um, superstar from Columbus Blue Jacket just signed with the Blue Jackets, but he wants to be traded. Uh, what's his name? Dubois. Dubois. Yeah. yeah, Dubois. And and he wants to be traded, and I heard the Bruins are uh, looking into that with a possible trade. Um, we'll see, you know, but it, time is running out for Sweeney, and the fans are restless, and on paper, it does not look like the Bruins are stronger than they were. Um but we'll just see what, what transpires. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And, you know, I just don't think that maybe, you know, this season is the season that we go out and trade things. And, you know, with, with Char, obviously, last week, and it's, it's not new news anymore with him, um, signing with the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, now it's the youth movement. It's time for Sweeney and Neely to find out if, you know, these recent draft picks, these recent, you know, first, second round draft picks are, are going to make it. Um, and they're going to have well over 30 million um, in cap space next offseason. And if there's a season to gamble on your youth and to also see just where everybody kind of fits, this is the season to do it, especially with another asterisk season. And if they go cool. on and hypothetically win the cup, then great, fantastic. But still, they still absolutely. Need to Absolutely. I, I, I agree 100%. And that might be the, the reasoning behind it. I mean, you, you, you just don't know. Um, on a side note, um, it will throw in there. Uh, I did hear that uh, Marchant is making big strides of coming back early. Is yes, that true? That's supposed to probably start the season on time. Yeah. And, you know, Pasternak, I, I, I thought I saw he's back on the ice. 
So hopefully we'll, we'll, it won't be as bad as what we thought at the start of the season with all these injuries and so forth. And, you know, now it's time for Cassidy to do his job. It certainly seems like he's, you know, got what he wanted. He didn't want Shower on the top line. Char didn't want to not be on the top line. So we lost him basically for that, we can say. And now Cassidy's like, okay, now you've got your team. You don't have Char anymore. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? And we'll see what Cassidy can do. It's, I think, I think this is going to be a make it or break it year for Cassidy. Yeah, I 100% agree. And uh, just on the topic of the, the Bruins future and everything else, um, Tuka Rask recently an interview um, and he remember him and Halak as well, but the, the, the big thing is Rask, both of their contracts do expire after this season. <clears throat> and he quote unquote said in the interview, I have no intention to play anywhere else than the Bruins. So if I'm good enough to play one, two, three more years, then so be it. If not, then so be it. So that's where my head's at. And then regarding him leaving the bubble, he quote unquote said, I got a phone call the night before that our daughter wasn't doing so well at that point. He had to call an ambulance and everything. So obviously at that point, my head's spinning. I'm like, I need to get out of here. So obviously it doesn't seem like Rask has quit on the team. It doesn't seem like, you know, he did anything like that. And he's still got a lot left in the tank. And, and let's not forget, he was almost a Vesna Trophy winner last year. Right. And, you know, he definitely has unfinished business. He's got to win a cup here, I think, with, with the Bruins. That should be his goal. I think it is. But, you know, goalies are strange. And Rask always kind of has the uh, – I mean, maybe it'll, I'll rattle some people, but I feel sometimes he has the so what attitude. You know what I mean? You know, so what if blah, 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 so what? Like, you know, it's just if it happens, great. If it don't, great. You know, whatever. So what? Is kind of attitude sometimes, and uh, I'm 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 willing to you know forgive the whole leaving the bubble deal because I don't think that was going to change the Bruins' to direct uh, uh, direction in the playoffs. I I the Bruins weren't up for the playoffs, and they weren't going to go. They just weren't going to win. So I'm willing to just say let's move ahead here and get back to you know letting him and Halak play and just go from there it's in the past is what i'm trying yeah, to say yeah i 100% agree and you have to support your goaltenders you have to support your players on the team that you're supposed to support but, but the bruins do have to and it seems like i think they're going to try to make it to me it doesn't seem like the prospects are good enough to come up and play in the nhl and be a number one goalie if we lose both halak and rask next year which i think is a possibility so I think the Bruins are going to have to, they're looking for a trade for a goalie. And maybe that's part of Sweeney's plan. You know, I'm speculating, but it's kind of fun to think that maybe he's keeping that cap space because he's going to bring in a goalie and he's going to, you know, put Halak down or let him rest because Halak is not going to be resigned. I don't think, I don't think Rask is going to be resigned, but I think Rask has a better chance of being resigned, but Halak's really old. I just don't see them signing him again. And I mean, that's just kind of how I view it and see it from there. So did I lose you, Andrew, on Zoom here? Just a side note, what'd you say? I said, I said you totally totally cut out again here. I guess you're having some internet issues from your end because you, you were yeah, totally cut out. Yeah. Do you, can so, you hear me now though? 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just I just said I just don't see the Bruins signing Halak again due to his age. So I think they're going to trade. Yeah, and, and, and just a side note, too, on the Rask thing, uh, just before I forget, Cassie did mention in his press recently uh, that Rask will play about 33 games this season while Halak will pick up um, the, the remaining um, and he'll work with the goalie coach on the schedule to, to see where Rask will play. So um, we'll definitely see a little bit more than just um, Rask and Halak 50-50. So it'll definitely be a lot more of Rask, probably taking on the heavier teams, Washington Capitals, Islanders, and then pro- maybe having Halak with easier. I don't know, but that's what maybe that, – that's what I can tell maybe what was happening. Um but it'll, it'll be interesting. We still have a, the, the best goalie tandem in the league, in my opinion. So we still have one more year with those guys, and we need to take advantage of that. Yeah, and let's be optimistic about it and, uh, and give them a chance to do their thing. So what else we got, Andrew? Yeah, so uh, the only other things I'd like to talk about. So, Dad, unfortunately, our prediction for the helmet sponsor was off. And it was our second guess, which was TD Bank. So TD Bank is now the official helmet sponsor. I still think Dunkin' Donuts still has a shot because some teams are doing two, but I don't know how two separate stickers on each side would look. Well, I'm opposed to the whole thing. And yeah, our prediction was off. Uh, We thought Dunks was definitely going to be the most obvious choice, but you know, maybe TD, since they have some sort of naming rights, I mean, I don't know. Do they still call it TD Garden? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I, I think that they do. So that, that, that would make sense. And I'm not surprised TD Bank. I just I, I was really hoping for Dunkin Donuts. I'm just, you know, that stereotype. Yeah, it would, it would have been it would have been the only sponsor that made sense, I think, for Bostonians. But well, Dad, I'll just have you take over the rest and talk about some of the stuff at the World Juniors. Unfortunately, I'm having really, really bad connection, unfortunately, where I live and in the small town, the the internet. This is the only internet that we can get, and unfortunately, it's just not working well. Um, We normally record our podcast episodes elsewhere. So, Dad, I'll have you take over. I apologize to everyone else, but uh, I hope that you enjoyed part of our episode and enjoy the rest as my father takes over. Thank you. All right, so... We're going to talk about the World Juniors, and of course, um, I had the opportunity to watch a few of the games, and it was really good, fun hockey. Um, USA coming up uh, really as the underdog, winning uh, 2-0 against Team Canada, and I believe Team Canada was undefeated, and they were just rolling over everybody, everybody, and, um, you know, but there was that one game where you know, the U.S. stepped it up and they played a great game. So we want to congratulate Team USA on that win. And obviously disappointment, the Team Canada, they're uh, sometimes being called now uh, the greatest team not to win the gold medal in World Juniors. And I agree with that. I mean, I watched them about three or four games and they just rolled over everybody. And their goaltender was great. Um but, uh, you know, USA had a good team. I remember watching the game. They lost to Team Russia. But, uh, you know, they just took it from there and, and played well. And we want to congratulate. But there is a controversy, Andrew, uh, that we should talk about. And that is uh, 
during the group photo of Team USA um, on the ice, somebody went and got a trash can with a Team Canada logo on it and had that as part of their team picture. So I don't know if you've heard that or not, Andrew, or if Andrew's having technical difficulties. Looks like he is. My thoughts on it is that we, um, we need to remind ourselves that these are 20 and under students and, uh, or kids, not students. And, uh, you know, they kind of screw up and I'm kind of surprised that uh, the coaching staff allowed this barrel to go into the photo. And uh, it certainly doesn't uh, show good sportsmanship and it really was unneeded. And it's not an official team photo, but still they threw it in there. And, you know, these young players have to learn that there are, you know, you have to be careful and there's consequences for your actions and, and everything today is, is public and everything today is, you know, going to be scrutinized. So kind of a little bit of a black eye there for Team USA. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. So I'm going to be going to um, the ECHL Tulsa Oilers tonight game. My wife and I, we're going to go and we're going to watch our first game. I was supposed to go uh, about a month ago and we decided not to go, but uh, we are going to go there tonight. And uh, this podcast, we will be having uh, some Tulsa Oilers players is our estimate very soon here, working things out with the COVID and the schedules of the players. And because we do live in Tulsa, we're going to try to throw some Tulsa Oilers segments. And again, we're the affiliate of the uh, Anaheim uh, Ducks. But uh, it's all hockey podcast here on Lindroth Hockey Podcast. And we hope to bring in some Tulsa Oilers fans uh, to this podcast, as well as, of course, our Bruins fans. And uh, the ECHL is underway. Uh, if you ever look, go look at their standings, you'll see that they are um, like an essential division is only two or three teams in the mountain division, which is Tulsa's in there's like six teams. So a lot of teams have opted out this um, season and it's going to be interesting to see how the ECHL has uh, going to do things this season. So with that note, because Andrew having his technical difficulties, we're gonna I'm gonna end this podcast here, episode 11. I can't believe it. Uh, please, uh, since we're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating if you think we deserve it. Uh, let us know in our Twitter account, Lindroth Hockey Podcast, of how we're doing. And this episode might be a little choppy just due to the uh, uh, internet situation on Andrew's end, but we're uh, going to be back in our studio. Uh, next week and we wish you all a happy weekend here and uh, we'll see you on episode 12.